you are now ready for a new episode of Minions and Musings. Evil Jeff back behind the mic once again. Welcome in as we continue to talk about Felmir and doing world building with someone else in a collaborative way. Just my experience with it. Hopefully you've enjoyed the two podcasts prior to this. And now, what are we going to get into today? Well, now that I've got a timeline, now that we've got a reason why, it's getting complete, but I needed to add a little bit more. So... I needed to decide upon a few things. Naming was one of them. Um, We also need to kind of talk about magic and some other thoughts in there based upon how I know Che likes magic, likes his world magic and and things in there. So I want to talk a bit about how I approached that as well. So we're going to make the elves here of Felmir and the group that my character was from. Uh, they're from an area known as the Spirit Woods. So they're the Spirit Wood elves. All right, and that that works fine. And this is where I kind of worked, you know, just kind of riffing off of different things until something felt good in that aspect. Um. The elves here, once they settle in these woods, I said, well, you know what? Let's not be original. Let's go through and use Latin names. We'll modify them to a degree. Um, But to me, it was like, why don't we just take Latin words for different plants and things like that that seemed to work out pretty well. So that's what I, I went with. The idea that, all right, uh, the royal families, um, looking through different plants, you know, going through botanical names and so forth, um, I hit upon the idea that the royal family uh, is tied in with the moon and I also believe there's something there that Che had put forth Um, but that is how we feel the queen is the embodiment of the moon maybe not the embodiment of the moon maybe but you know there's a relationship there you know how there she's revered so if you go and look up in your botanical dictionaries and everything. Uh, I believe the a moonflower. That's not a moonflower. Um, I gotta remember what it is. No, I'm right. Uh, Empomoea is the genus of a uh, group of plants that cover things like the morning glory, uh, sweet potato, bindweed, but also the moonflower. Uh, that's and I was like, hey, you know what? That sounds like a good thing in there. Uh, it's covering a lot of 
different types of plants. So, okay, but that moonflower, that's what I went with. Uh, Zephyracus is another name that's used in there. The Zephyracus name is based off of the Zephyranthes genus, which includes things like rainflower, uh, Zephyr lily, magic lily, and the fairy lily. So, kind of taking that idea of you know the fey realm, bringing in nature, you know, and I figured Latin names, yeah, that'll work. <laughs> so that's our royal families that we have there, um, and just kind of moved on from that. Uh, the current character that I have that is also a spiritwood elf, uh, who I have named Nico. Um, Nicotinia, which is actually um, my modification for uh, that genus of plants that you know tobacco comes from, but also nightshades and such, because he started off in our axe game because we moved from Beckme into axe, and I was using. Um, the Night Stalker, Night Stalker, whatever template it was there, um, but more of instead of that fighter magic user that our standard DDLs were, this was more of a thief magic user. So, a little bit different, but also now what we're looking at is. This is really more of a stealthy, scouty type, instead of just straight-up thief. But some of them could be more thief-like, assassin-like, as necessary. So, that was the idea there. Just kind of continue grabbing names that kind of evoked that, you know, what I was thinking about with the different types of plants, whether it's a species or a genus of plants, I probably also have a family of plants in there somewhere. And just adding those names in. I mean, I don't need to recreate the wheel. I don't need to do something crazy. But, I mean, this is this would be something a little different. Um, I've also gone through and taken, again, like I said, Google Translate before. And just take two words and put them into different languages Go going from English into, you know, whichever, and, and reading reading them until I come up with something that that feels good. Um, sometimes what I'll do is that when I think of a civilization, maybe I want it to be uh, more along the lines of a, a Southeast Asian type of culture, or maybe it's more. Uh, Middle East nomadic, or maybe it's uh, sub-Saharan uh, influence. Maybe it's more something that we would get out of uh, the native areas of uh, Mexico through Central America, etc. And I'll, I'll go through those different languages there, and I'll try different words until something pops up. But, again, I was just coming over that and because I was using natural 
names, it really lent itself to those two ages that I mentioned before. Because they didn't start off as uh, twilight fostering and moonlit flowering. They didn't start off that way. They really um, were something else. And I realized that with the first age there, twilight fostering, was when the Spiritwood Elves first settled down and started growing in that area. So fostering their culture. Okay, that made some sense. Moonlit flowering, now they have uh, reached a point where they are starting to move out, starting to reach out and everything. And I set up a little backstory in there that may seem worthwhile. Um, the current queen uh, has actually done something unusual. And this is what uh, prompted this whole uh, movement of my first character out of the spirit woods. She was actually now approaching close to a thousand years old. She's been ruling for over 750 years. She never had any female children, only one male child. Oh, by the way, uh, all of the rulers for the Spiritwood Elves uh, is a queen. There is no typically a king, mainly because we go back to that age of deceit. The king is the, you know, a king is what led to their uh, war and all the problems that they had, so they are definitely being matriarchal here. Um, so what happens is that any, if they only had a male child, they marry into one of the other royal families. Uh, if this produces a female child, they turn into the next, may become the next queen. There, you know, there's going to be all sorts of rituals. We're not going to get into that. But the idea now is that uh, the child has, no, actually, the next queen to be has approached 400 years old and was now taking, getting ready to take over as queen. Um, they've been doing this for the last 100 years. Yeah, they got time. They live for 800 or more years. Why not? Um, but one of the things that I, I brought into this was magic, was, was dreams. Knowing that, um, you know, having played with Che and knowing some of the things he does, you know, dreams being part of a, an environment, this was a good way to go through and add that little flavor, you know, and say, hey, you know what, why, why is this happening? Well, both the current queen and the queen-to-be, queen-in-waiting, I guess, have had similar dreams, and they interpreted them as their isolation needed to end. So they've been spending time figuring out how they want to go about that, preparing the Spiritwood Elves to then go out and now start learning about the world. Now I finally had the reason why my first character went out into the world. Because now there's something going on. Now, why do they have those dreams? That's a whole different story. The other item I wanted to speak about was about magic. 
Now, having played in a number of Chase games, uh, different systems and so forth, and over discussions uh, with Magic, the idea of spirits is one that he likes. You know, there's a lot more to just, you know, Magic just being in the world. There are things that arise from it. And since he called this area the Spirit Woods, I said, okay, Spirit Woods. Well, then there are spirits within it. And that led me down another rabbit hole, really another line of thought for these elves. Now, we say the elves in general are magical, you know, part of Fae, you know, wherever they came from. But what made these elves different than other elves that could be in the world? Because, as plainly stated, they broke away from other elves. So, there are probably other elves out there, but this particular group is very specific. Well, why are we going to do that? Well, the spirit woods are an area that are, you know, there's portions of it that are very close to the spirit realm. However, that you wish to define that, go right ahead. But what has happened, when these elves relocated into these woods, they have befriended, uh, become part of, enslaved, I don't know, Che can say that later on, but the point is that their magic is based from their relationship with these spirits. And they pull on that magic that's part of the world through the spirits themselves. So there's a tight knit there. And it's not just the elves. It inhabits other portions of the woods. There are going to be those trees that are really linked with the spirit realm or groves of trees. It reminds me uh, that we've been reading through The Lord of the Rings, uh, doing a slow read over on the Audio Dungeon Discord. And one of the good things about a slow read is that you know you take a bit of time to digest some stuff. And I think many of us that were doing this really like that whole part with uh, Frodo and Sam, Merry and Pippin as they entered into the old forest, eventually getting rescued by Tom Bombadil. And I don't care if you haven't read that part or not. There's no spoilers here. I assume you've already done so. If you haven't, oh well, you now know. But part of that rescuing by Tom Bombadil was because of Old Man Willow. And while that's not exactly the same, what I'm talking about here is that Old Man Willow is his own entity, his own spirit. Well, why not having those sort of spirits here within the spirit woods? You know, similar to that. So now that they're attached to that, I postulated that this is why the elves also haven't moved out. Because they've been slowly building that rapport over the thousands of years. 
and tying in very tight to these spirit woods. And with the idea of a dream forcing them, you know, getting the two queens to say, hey, you need to go out. Maybe that's coming from the spirit realm, something that the spirits know that are happening because they maybe they have foresight. Maybe they have, you know, their sight is further in the world. They know what rumblings are going on. So we tied the magic tight with that. Um, what else came out of that? Well, I proposed as part of the uh, elves themselves is that they have to be part of nature. Well, not exactly part of the spirit woods, but they need to be out in that natural setting to help them reconnect with land. And that's what the spirit woods imparted to them. And if they are not able to stay as part of that land, you know, getting pulled away, um, it does cause them some sort of pain and suffering in a in some sort of time frame. We're still working on that. But it made that whole idea of not living in a human settlement rather enticing. Where they're like, okay, you know, it's cool, I can visit for a while, but at some point I gotta get out of here. I've got to be in nature. Being underground also wasn't in nature because they need the sun. They need the moon and stars. Being underground, they're cut off from that. Even though, you know, they're part of the land, <laughs> it still didn't do it. So we can now start bringing that in. So, yeah, just some other things there by making it that magic coming from that source now we can start adding in different elements um and since we have moved our game system from first back me then play testing acts to stuff now we're over into gurps with gurps by adding in these different disadvantages um we can make we can really drill down and, and give you the flavor of the Spiritwood Elf when we're creating it, which is what we're in the process of doing as well. To finish up a little bit with the Spiritwood Elves and their aging and their tie with the Spiritwoods, I borrowed the an idea from... Tolkien, that, you know, when the elves reach a certain age, you know, they're the ones going, hey, we need to go to the old world or the old lands, you know, sail west, etc., you know, whatever. I'm not a Tolkien person like that, you know, but you, most people understand what's going on there. So, I wanted to tie that same sort of thing in but to the spirit woods since they are sort of bound to that land how can I give that same sort of thing when the elves start reaching that age when they, they feel the tug of fae or you know tug of the spirits so what we've created here is this idea that there is a grove towards the central part of the spirit woods 
when the elf reaches an age where they start feeling those yearnings to become part of the spirit world, uh, they will go through a uh, cleansing process that will take some time, anywhere between, and I just kind of spitballed this one, but I said from 10 days to several months. Why are we doing that? Because it's based upon the elf and that elf's ability to shed, mentally shed any attachment to worldly things. It might take a while for they're really, really prepared. Maybe they're waiting for someone to return so they can say goodbye and that helps them move on. Once they've reached that point where they're ready to go, they wait until the next new moon. When that, as that um, new moon's approaching, they say their goodbyes to their people. They walk towards that grove of trees, you know, to arrive there by the night of the new moon, however far that is. Uh, I didn't really talk about it, but the elves do not stay, spiritwood elves do not stay in one place in the spirit woods. They do move around. They migrate throughout the woods themselves. Uh, once they, this elf who's ready to pass on reaches that grove, they basically have a vigil where they walk around the outside of the grove throughout this night. And as those first rays of light start to come up, they will feel that tug of their spirit that says, okay, enter into the grove. They'll spend some more time walking within that grove. But as the light hits that, you know, the spirit woods, at that point, the elf has actually moved into the spirit world. It has opened up that portal they've moved through. Elves that um, have suffered great losses may also feel this yearning, so they may want to make that transition. They'll do the same practice. That also led me to think, what happens if an elf has contracted some disease that cannot be cured, or they have uh, maybe been injured in such a way that they cannot move, they cannot physically move there. Maybe they feel that yearning as well. They are move, you know, they go through the same sort of uh, ritual cleansing process, but then they are helped over to the grove itself. But ones that cannot move around everything, there's actually a small little pocket of trees, of thirteen trees that have grown close together, and they are left there. They you know, wait, and there will be a point where an opening occurs. They can then be helped inside, and the other elves will leave. How long that elf waits there is unknown, because it's not dependent upon the phase of the moon there. The only time that that elf cannot be put into that small little grove of trees, 13 trees, is when there is a full moon. That is the only time it is closed off. You know, the next day after a full moon, they'll find that opening available, but not on that point. And this just gives it that, you know, I felt it gave it that flavor 
something a little different tied in with our calendar and such that also begged the question of uh, what happened to my first character. My first character in Chase Game died. The second character came looking for him. And my second character, Nico, found him. Unfortunately, he had become a zombie due to forces outside his, anybody's control. <laughs> Damn necromancer. And the, you know, had to kill him again. Well, what happens? He was not able to get into that grove or anything. Well, I decided let's have one more ritual. Now that we know that we have that ritual, uh, Nico will now, the next go-round, uh, he's going outside of the city. He's creating a small pyre of wood uh, you know, in a safe locale. We're not going to burn down the town. We're not going to burn down the forest. But the way that this pyre is built and oriented is that it points back towards the spirit woods. Or if it happens to be, let's say, inside the grove. Because dead bodies will not be allowed to be thrown into the grove or into that small circle of trees. They're not allowed. Lie, you know, Elf has to be alive for that. Outside of that, the pyre has to be built and aimed at that central uh, grove. Or if you're outside the spirit woods, aim towards the spirit woods. And then when that's ready... They wait until morning, and as morning starts to come up, they light the pyre. And then, so, you know, kind of like, not exactly Viking funeral, but, you know, you get the idea. We're going to do that, and the elves feel that, that releases the spirit of the elf to be able to return to the spirit woods and then onto the spirit realm. Does it actually do it? Who knows? I'm still working on what about uh, elves that not in the spirit woods? What do they do if they think they're getting ready to die? You know, almost, I almost got that Japanese idea of, you know, harikari, you know? But hey, can't steal everything there. Well, that's the last of the thoughts that I have right now on some of the things I've created with Che. Um, I've got more stuff, but let's wait to hear what everybody else says about this current content. And we'll see about if we want to go on from there. And I'm sure that questions have arisen, comments have come up, which may lead me to adding more stuff. So... I appreciate you for listening. Thank you for joining me. And until next time, stay safe and hope you get a good game on.